Welcome, everybody, to the first ever Future Freshman Podcast, and this is brought to you by Campus to Canton. So uh, happy to be involved in the new uh, C2C community. I am uh, Brandon T. Sanders. You can find me on Twitter at CFF University. Uh, you might have known a little bit uh, of myself from the CFFU podcast, where we do a lot of the price picks um, choices, as well as picks for CFF during the week and things like that as well. Um, but we are moving into a new uh, a new sector where we're bringing a hold of freshmen that are incoming for the uh, classes and putting into a CFS per- perspective where we're trying to figure out if these guys are really going to hit and make a difference in CFF in year one or are they going to give you a ton of uh, actual production going forward as well. So that's kind of what we're looking to do. We're looking to help you in your dynasty, your redraft, your best ball leagues, and of course, some C2C leagues as well. I know C2C kind of looks at it as a long-term perspective, but we're just taking the NFL prospect out of that and really just looking at the college part of this and can they produce in year one as well. So I want to bring on my uh, two guests today. Both are from the uh, C2C squad. First, I'm going to go with uh, my buddy here, Alfred Fernandez. Uh, you can find him at Twitter at AlfredJF. Alfred, how are we doing tonight, buddy? Doing great, doing great. Got the kids down, so we're all quiet <clears throat> over here, and I'm I'm ready to podcast. That's what's up. And we also have Mr. Matt Powell, and you can find him at Twitter at Big Wide Receiver Guy. Matt, how are we doing this evening, man? Pretty good, pretty good. Happy to be here. Yes, Matt is new to the podcast space, so mm-hmm. he is two for two on the week and coming in strong. So glad to have you both on there as well. Um, so a little housekeeping before we get started and talking about what we got on the agenda tonight, guys. So if you haven't heard already, um, the team has put out a brand new uh, guide for this year. It's for freshmen and supplemental, I believe, as well. So if you're interested in playing C2C this year, or if you're just looking to really deep dive into some of these players that go along with it, uh, it's only going for $20, which is a great still. I've been able to check out the PDF. Uh, some of the guys were able to kind of give me that link, and it is a ton of information. And for me, being a first-year C2C guy and coming over from the CFF land, uh, it's been a big eye opener. It's been fantastic to see as well. But also, if you only spend an extra ten dollars and only pay thirty dollars for the whole year at campus to gain that, that membership, then uh, you know you can get this along as uh, rankings, articles. Um, of course, you're going to get the new CFF rankings that our team has put together as well. So you're getting a lot of value there. Um, both Alfred and Matt has um, actually written for some of that guide as well. So you guys want to say something quick about the guide before we move on? Yeah, I mean, it's been one of the coolest things I've been a part of in the fantasy space now uh, for three or four years. This is probably my favorite single thing I've done. Uh, We've got like 184 player profiles, and that is mostly incoming freshmen. But we did throw – Matt, I don't know if you can remember. I mean, it's probably 30-ish. Um, yeah, it was like 30 to 50, I think. Very, yeah, something like that of, of guys who are not freshmen, but uh, what we did was we kind of trolled for all available players at less than 5% in most C2C leagues. We were able to see those types of players that would be available in a supplemental draft and wrote them up as well. So not just freshmen, but also, uh, you know, second, third year players that probably have a good opportunity to surprise. For instance, you know, last year, it would have been really helpful to know, hey, target Devin Tompkins, uh, you know, uh, who was undrafted and un- and just completely available probably in most leagues and went for, what, 1,600 yards and you know, teens, touchdowns in the teens. I mean, he was like a league winner. Bailey Zappi would have been one of those guys who, oh, just went out and set the, the season record for passing yards uh, in his first season in the FBS, uh, you know, paradigm. So – um really helpful honestly i i wrote i helped write the guide but i would not enter a c2c draft without it that's just me and i i'm telling you if i was not a member of c2c as an author i would buy it and use it as a as a player yeah absolutely um so please if you have time please go check that out um all proceeds go right back to the website and that helps us improve and get better um you know as a, as a team so we really do appreciate it uh and also appreciate all the love that you guys have been pouring out um from that announcement it's been uh really really cool to see both the c2c and cff community and some of the uh the debbie community as well starting to get behind it and showing a lot of love so we appreciate you guys as well also want to let you guys know that price picks is still with us so on both podcasts 
you can use the promo code CFFU, uh, where you get a matching deposit up to $100. So if you're signing up, I know right now we're uh, a little lacking on football, but if uh, River has it, we might see some good old USFL. So we might get to see Gil P.J. Maribel once again being touted. Or, uh, you know, maybe we'll, you know, see some action. Maybe you uh, are an NBA guy. we got playoffs coming eventually down the road or anything like that. So we're going to go over what sport that you have. they got something for you. Of course, see if a few podcasts will be back during the season where we're going to be doing all the fantasy points and stuff like that. So just be prepared for that. But on this one, I just want to point out that uh, the CFFU code is still active, so you can still use it and sign up while you can. Go ahead and put your money in and maybe think ahead for the football season so you can do that as well. Um, so what we're going to do in episode one, we call I guess you could call this the pilot episode to go along with it, is we want to talk about probably the top three guys that we're probably looking at. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if it just goes beyond CFF. I want to say this probably in the C2C community. These are the three big names that we're talking about. And that is one of Nicholas Singleton uh, going and being committed out of Penn State, the running back. We're talking about the wide receiver Luther Burden, who committed to Missouri. And we're also talking about the quarterback, Kate Klubnick, who is committed to Clemson. And I would say that depending on who you are or what you're you know, what you're looking for. Also, it depends on your probably your structure and team and things like that. Which we've uh, talked about a little bit about that on Jared's podcast and Chasing the Natty here this past week, um, that it really just depends on the structure of team. But a lot of these three guys, if you have a first-round pick that you haven't traded away already and you're looking to improve, uh, you know, your management stuff, your teams like that, this is definitely the guys that we kind of want to talk about. So I think we want to start off, and we're going to go ahead and add to the stream here. We'll talk about our guy Nicholas Singleton first. Um, so he was uh, he's six foot, two hundred ten pounds. That might have changed recently. That was probably as of probably a week and a half ago. There, um, a twenty four seven sports grade of zero point nine eight. He actually moved from a four star to a five star. So a lot of these camps and games that he participated in also helped him. Um, if we're talking uh, uh, his, it didn't list his senior, but in Max Preps, his junior season played eight games. Rushed for 13, uh, over 1,300 yards, 22 receiving yards, so he still got some, some catch, maybe not the greatest. 22 rushing touchdowns, and he averaged 163.9 games or nine points per game. Uh, he's got an NFL comparison right now to Nick Chubb, and we can kind of go into a little bit more of the recruiting part of it. But I actually want to hear from your guys's. I mean, I you know I, I get to read all the 24/7 sports and their recruiting guys. But your guys are the guys that you get to sit down and look at the tape. I know I look at the tape but I'm looking at tangibles and I'm also looking at does he fit into the Penn state mold to where he can kind of produce right away. Whereas you guys are looking at even longer term in the NFL. And I think he has the caliber to kind of do that. So why don't we go with uh, Alfred first? What do you, what do you see in Singleton that you haven't seen maybe out of the Penn state running backs in the past couple of years, probably since we've talking about a, a Miles Sanders or a Saquon Barkley, what do you, what do you see in Singleton so far? Yeah, well, he's already possibly bigger than Sanders. I can't remember what he wound up at coming out of school, but he wasn't much more than 210. Maybe he was a slightly under, if I remember correctly. But, you know, Singleton runs like just an absolute animal. Uh, he uh, just, wa- I mean, you just watch one one or two clips on his huddle video and you just know you're looking at a special guy. He he just runs with intensity, um, and he's incredibly uh, fast. I'll actually let Matt talk a little more about the speed because that's kind of his his thing. But uh, I will not too much of a spoiler. But he's big and he's fast, which honestly for running backs, that's really going to get you about three quarters of the way there to what you care about in a prospect. And he just runs with a lot of physicality. Um, and I think he's, you said 210, and I know that's what he's listed on 24-7, but I think he might, I might have seen, he's like, he's on campus maybe already, and, and I think he's pushing 215, 218 already, uh, and which isn't a surprise, that weight room, that uh, strength and conditioning program at Penn State is just, you know, beefs these guys up. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, I really like him. I I didn't grade him out as my RB one on a pure numbers perspective, but I think given the, the school he signed with the depth chart and the just upside of that size speed, um, 
I, I did move him into number one just because I think there's um, opportunity for immediate production. And he really has like all the ingredients for like, if it all clicks, I mean, stud, absolute stud. So um, the only, he got docked a little bit because I didn't see a lot of receiving on his tape. Um, but that doesn't, you know, we've learned that doesn't mean you, he cannot do it. It just means he wasn't asked to do it. And in high school, that's not shocking to me. Um, because you don't need to, I mean, we got this guy running for like, what, 170 yards a game. Why do you need to throw him the ball? Uh, and I don't think Penn state's going to care that much about that either, to be honest no. with you. Yeah, so, they, got, they got weapons on the outside. <laughs> they can use, for but sure. So he took a bit of a hit on my pure number grades, but like I think the upside's just through the roof. Uh, Matt, what do you tell me? Why he's he's special when it comes to speed and his size? What what makes these tangibles so appealing, and why it, it just kind of coincides with his his ranking and and how he's looking on film, man? Yeah, so he's my RB one also. Uh, just the upside there is insane. At two fifteen, I have him down at. Uh, he's hitting twenty two miles per hour which at that size and speed is 9,500 newtons of force, which I know a lot of people aren't going to understand the context with that number. But, for example, when uh, Traylon Burks and Metcalf were in high school, I got them at 8,500. So we're talking, we're talking high, high-end level athleticism. And regards to his receiving upside, during the All-American practices, he did show he can catch. So... I don't have a ton of concern there. He's really, I think he's going to be what we all wanted Journey Brown to be, that big size speed guy at Penn State. Uh, just never, you know, he had that injury, so never ended up panning out. But with that already athleticism and their strength program there and their history at running back, I I don't see how he doesn't hit. Yeah, for sure. Um that 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 was pretty much mind blowing when I heard. Wow, that that's that's pretty incredible. Uh, so let's let's dive in a little bit to the depth chart a little bit. So we have the returning Avon Lee, who's the junior there. Uh, kind of split time with Noah Kane last year. Noah Kane is now transferred over to LSU, so we really don't have to worry about Kane kind of getting the way. Devin Ford, who's kind of been on the whole player and there to kind of relieve carries and things like that as a senior. But we do have an, a new one, and it's Kayshawn Allen. He's also the 12th best running back in the 22 class. He's a four-star recruit. Um, I don't, I haven't got a chance to really dig too, too deep into that one, but he's in an upcoming episode, so I'll have some time. But uh, Alfred and Matt, if you want to speak on, will Kaytron take away a little bit from from Singleton? Do you think this is like Kaytron's in there to relieve, like maybe five or six carries, maybe get ten in, and the rest of Singleton show basically? And we're looking at you know so a guy that's going to produce well, close to some Saquon numbers. We won't say he's quite Saquon, but we'll say he'll get up there. What do you guys think? Matt, go uh, ahead. Yeah, I, I don't think so. I'm not a big Allen fan. I think he's going to be pretty much just a short yardage back. He's pretty slow. He's very big though, but yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I think Allen there. <clears throat> Allen basically is going to, I mean, Kayvon Lee is going to probably pass the torch to Allen, whatever role that is kind of the, the really big guy. Both of them are going to, I mean, Lee pushes 230, 240. Katron Allen's I think 220 ish now, but like Matt said, he is slowish. I think he didn't even hit, kind of our threshold for what we look for in, in miles per hour. Um, so I, I think Catron Allen's a guy who Penn state offered he's from the area and he said, yeah, of course I'm, I'll come to Penn state, but he's probably a guy who transfers out if he wants to get carries. And then Kevon Lee has shown he's not super dynamic. Devin Ford can't stay healthy and hasn't been very good. I mean, I think there's a, like this could be a Braylon Allen situation where, Something happens in the first couple weeks. He gets on the field. He sparks a little bit, or like a Trevion Henderson, gets on field, sparks a little bit. It takes a couple weeks, and they just go, "Okay, like give this guy twenty touches." I mean, I think I think that's kind of the trajectory we're looking at. I don't see any of those bodies standing in his way, to be honest. Unless you now, one thing is we just don't know about these guys. Um, and which makes prospecting so hard is you don't really know their, uh, you know, what's their, their mentals, right? You don't know. How is he going to handle the transition to college? How is he going to handle, um, 
being away from home. Like, I mean, there's a lot of stuff just transitioning to the college game, the expectations, the new, uh, you know, uh, training schedule, all these things is going to change. But from a talent perspective, these guys can't hold a candle to me uh, against uh, Singleton. Absolutely. And that's what we're looking for when it comes to the future freshmen. And you're looking at the CFS perspective. You want to get three, and if you get lucky, four years. But the way that Singleton's graded, I'm pretty sure after the junior year, he's going to head pro. Um, just that much of a dynamite type of player to go along with it. But that's what we look for. We're looking for ultimate production. And I really do think even if Lee may be like a seniority thing and he gets like the start or whatever, it's only going to take one wide open run from Singleton to take it to the house, just like Henderson did. And it's all over. And now we have, you know, the next big thing in Penn State. We can only hope that he, you know, doesn't take the journey Brown road and he, you know, stays healthy and he becomes more of that uh, icon that you see with like Barkley and Sanders who has the names behind it in recent times to go along with as well. All right, we're going to move on to the next one. We're going to talk a little quarterback. We're going to talk Kate Klubnik, who uh, was graded a five-star prospect as well. 24-7's got him at a 0.9951. Um, he is 6'2 and a half, 186 pounds. He might have gotten a little bit bigger. Uh, I think he, right after the All-American game, went to the Clemson game. So I think he's been there for a few weeks now to go along with it. Uh, but we do have his total uh, varsity totals for max preps. Games played 39, over 7,000 passing yards, 80, over 80 passing touchdowns. 687 attempts out of those attempts, 481 uh, completions, which is pretty amazing. Interceptions only seven his entire time there at, uh, you know, at high school, uh, a QBR of 140.8. I believe he hasn't lost yet in playoffs and it comes to high school, like a two-time high school uh, champion as well, as far as a uh, national championship going with it. Right now they give him an NFL comparison of Zach Wilson, which I am not a fan of that comparison. However, as far as like his, length and size and the way that he kind of get the ball out pretty quick does have favorable tangents go along with it. Um, I'll, we'll probably go with, uh, you know, we have a situation here to where he's still ranked high because we're certain, we're uncertain about DJU. He's the junior that's still there. However, you know, he is there. We also have Hunter Johnson, who is a three-star guy that came over from Northwestern and Hayden Helms, the redshirt sophomore, you know, no offense to Mr. Hayden if he listens, but he he holds the clipboard a lot more times than, you know, than we might see the fit on with it. But we'll go with uh, – I know Matt said that he's not as familiar with Klubnik just yet, so we'll go with Alfred. Alfred, what do you think as far as Klubnik as a whole, as a prospect? Uh, do you think DJU gets the start? Do we see Klubnik week two? Week seven? What, are, what are your thoughts, man? Yeah. <clears throat> you know, I think anytime – look, I, I'm very um... – kind of agnostic about some of this stuff in the sense of I, I'm rarely going to come out here and be like, Oh, this true freshman is going to start week one because that just, that doesn't really happen, you know, and you've got a, a junior in, in Uga, uh, Uga, oh gosh, DJU. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I'm sorry, after three years, you'd think I should have figured it out by now, but um, you know, he's a, he's a junior. I think he starts, uh, but I don't think it's, I certainly think it's possible if he plays like he did last year, uh, I think Klubnik definitely has a chance to start by midseason. But it's just true freshman, like I said before, and a quarterback, I think it's magnified even more. That transition to college, the transition to understanding the defenses he's going to look at, uh, even coming from high-level Texas high school football, it's just so different. And so we don't really know what the mentals are like. And that's, that's something we can't really know as prospectors from our perspective. But uh, again, going by the tangibles that you've mentioned, he looks like a special kid. Um, his uh, ball velocity does meet uh, the minimum threshold that you'd be worried about, even though I wouldn't say he's the strongest arm in, in this class by really any stretch, but it's good enough. He's very athletic. Uh, he's going to make plays on the ground like, we thought DJU is athletic, but like he just didn't show hardly anything last year in any way. Uh, and Klubnik looks like a gamer, uh, you know, kind of the way Wilson is. I don't think the comparison's exactly correct, but he is a bit of a gamer. Uh, he'll run around broken plays, make things happen on the run, make things happen downfield. Um, he's a very exciting guy. I mean, he, he was in uh, a tier of his own with one other guy in terms of quarterbacks for me. And there was a pretty big gap between those two and number three. So I think he's, he's clearly cream of the crop of this class. And um, 
I'm pretty excited. I think I think if I was gonna bet, if I got decent odds, maybe three to one. I would lay some money down that he starts sometime during the season. So I'd want to get a little bit of juice there from my bet, but I would put money on it. Yeah. I was, uh, at first I was pretty diehard that club was going to start week one, but I kept on thinking about it. And after a couple of weeks, I was like, I have to put him down in my ranking just because I don't think Dabo's really going to do it. I don't think he, Dabo's learned his lesson, if that makes sense that, you know, you just don't, start the new guy. He even, you know, uh, Jared had a great point. He, he, he also sat sunshine and he didn't play Trevor Lawrence until a couple games in knowing that Trevor Lawrence was going to be the inferior one uh, or, you know, the, the better prospect. And he was ready to go right out of high school and ready to perform. I see that in club Nick. I just don't know if Dabo is going to get out of his own way and let uh, club Nick take it week one. So we might have to wait a couple weeks, but he's still going to rank high as far as the CFF freshman rankings because he's got a chance to really start this year. And that gives him a head start. And we might talk about this for, uh, you know, a couple of minutes, but there is now the the great debate of Devin Brown versus Kate Klubnik as far as who would, who would get the intangible start first. I know we have CJ Stroud, but he's probably got this year. And then he's looking probably to go pro because the kid is doing a fantastic job. So many weapons. We're talking about JSN, uh, the emergence of Marvin Harrison Jr. Now we have all these other freshmen that, Eventually, I'll probably have one of you guys back on to talk about again as well. So, you know, example, Keon Graves. Uh, so what is, what is your thoughts? Do you think, is it worth, like, you would take Klubnik, say if you're, you know, I mean, this could be CTC too, but say if you're just focusing on a college draft, you're looking at CFF as like in a dynasty purposes, would you take Klubnik ahead of Brown or would you take the, the risk on Brown knowing that you might have to wait maybe like an extra year because we're waiting for CJ Stroud to go pro? What are you, what are you guys' thoughts there? I think it would be worth the wait, honestly. Mm-hmm. Mostly just because of the offensive situations. I don't love Clemson's offense. I don't think it's really all that's been hyped up to be, even though it hasn't even been that productive lately. Mm-hmm. I, I like Club Dick, but I feel like just being in that Ryan Day offense, being with all those wide receivers who are going to consistently get open. I mean, you've seen every Ohio State quarterback since he's been there has just mm-hmm. put up ridiculous top end numbers and even when Davos had that talent you know they put up good numbers but not to be rivaled with Ohio State's so I I think it's just a much safer bet Mm -hmm. yeah I would say that's a good point uh you know for as good as Trevor Lawrence was number one overall pick and all that you know their offense wasn't for fantasy purposes I would say like I don't remember, but I don't think Lawrence was like a, like a like an uber elite college producer. I no, mean, he, he was, was a, uh, he was uh, he got to the point where he was like top ten, uh, probably in his junior right. year. But his sophomore, top fifteen, when he was a freshman, top twenty. I mean, he he emerged pretty quickly, but he was but never- not like C.J. Stroud, who's going to oh, win yeah. weeks for you, you know, four hundred, five hundred yards passing. No, definitely not. Yeah, Stroud's um, going in like you know, the first round of CFF drafts, you know, whether you're doing redraft or whatever you're doing. So absolutely. Um, so yeah, for sure. So I don't think the college production is in the, I agree with Matt. I mean, the college, the offense just doesn't lend itself to these extremely uh, high volume stuff. Now, the one thing I'll say about club Nick, is I think he's going to be a little more of a runner, certainly than DJU and, and maybe more of a runner than, um, then Lawrence, even though Lawrence is a good runner, I mean, Klubnik may go 500-plus yards uh, on the ground if they let him loose. He's got that kind of athleticism. Devin Brown does not have that kind of athleticism, although it may not matter. But, you know, I think uh, on pure grade, because I do give a bonus for rushing ability, I have Klubnik higher, but I do love Devin Brown. I mean, that would be a really hard decision. Um, If you're talking about CFF only, I think maybe Devin Brown. Uh, if you want a little bit of that pro potential um, and running in the pros becomes much more of a difference maker, I think I would lean Klubnik. But, you know, it's you, both those guys are pretty, pretty awesome. And you would say CGC as well, probably Brown over Klubnik as well, if you're having to pick. I mean, my rankings say Klubnik. I have to be, you know, I'll be truthful with my personal rankings, but um, I try to stick to the number and don't like do a lot of like uh, subjective movement. Mm -hmm. I will sometimes, Um, but it's tight. It's tight. I think if I, I personally would go Klubnik, but I get why Brown's like 
everyone really likes Brown. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, the arm talent with Brown is is really impressive. Absolutely, and like you said, high octane offense. So that's always a plus. So uh, that's you know for the podcast, that's the difference between say FF and and C two C. You know, there's a little bit of a gap in CFF, and not as much in C two C. So uh, we'll we'll have to go from there. All right, we're gonna move on to probably my favorite, <laughs> and that would be Mr. Luther Burden, who has committed to Missouri. Uh, 24-7 Sportsgrave has him at 0.9974. He has continuously been a five-star recruit this entire uh, recruiting system. He's at six foot. I think he's probably well over 200 pounds now, but they got him there as well. He is the first overall wide receiver in the 22 class. Um, his uh, varsity total max games played, really 18. Remember, there was a COVID year, so he didn't get as much play time in that previous year. 106 catches, 1,900 yards of receiving, 25 receiving touchdowns, and then he's taken it to the house a total of 38 times. So he was a uh, returner as well, kick and punt returner, so he was able to score some of that. Average receiving yards is 18.1, which is pretty great. Uh, NFL comparison of Amari Cooper. I saw Chris Goblin beforehand. I kind of like the Goblin one a tad better than the Amari Cooper uh, comparison. However, those are two very touted wide receivers in the NFL. So if we're looking at that, we're looking pretty great as well. I would say that um, he is, he's got the fast track. Now, I know Missouri is not known for the, the, the run and gun and stuff like that. However, times are changing. We need all, we've lost Tyler ba uh, Batty. He's now heading towards the NFL and stuff like that. Um, and they relied on him heavy. Uh, Missouri was known to have the worst defense in the FBS. So we uh, constantly picked on them. Like every time we had players to go up against them or, you know, prize picks and stuff like that, Missouri was the laughing stock of the defense, but they had, they didn't have enough offense to stay in games a lot of times. So poor Beatty sometimes wouldn't have the performance that he could have had because he had a great, uh, a great season last year, but had better. So let's look at some of the names that he's got to go up against, right? Uh, Mookie Cooper, I don't know if he's even transferred out or not. Um, not a fan. He didn't really surprise him there as well. Uh, Towski Dove, the senior, he's a red shirt. Chance Looper. Dominic Lovett, uh, Barry Bannismer, who's a graduate transfer. He's uh, quoted as being the slot guy. J.J. Hester's supposed to be the other one on the outs. But Luther Burden is probably the highest prospect they've had since uh, I forgot he's the one that went to Tennessee, the big wide receiver, a few years ago. You're talking and, DGB? Yep, I think so. I think, he went, I think he he like sat out and then went to Oklahoma or something and then didn't play at Oklahoma, but he was yeah. a weird story. But there we go. So now you have someone that's touted. Well, now comes the concept of, you know, yes, he's got all these great tangibles. He's He projects so much greater. And we're going to have Matt kind of go in depth here in just a minute as far as speed and what he's capable of. And, you know, Alfred, you can tell me what, what he's looking like on tape and stuff like that. But he is he probably has the fastest track to starting time right away. Um, but who's the quarterback? So Basilic has transferred to Indiana. So we have, well, I believe, what is it, Brady Cook? And then we have the incoming freshman, Sam Horn, who I'm a fan of. Uh, but now there's some smoke and mirrors and maybe Jane Daniels. I don't know if it's just talk or whatever, but we shall see if there is any chance that Jane Daniels comes to this Missouri offense. This would be like, you know, A++++. Let's move Burden up the ranks. I have him in the top 60, I'd say, and that's just overall rankings in CFF and wide receiver. But he is my projected 101 to go along with it. So, Matt, tell me why Burden is such, such you know, a great prospect and – uh, how Missouri just got lucky with this with this commitment, man. Yeah, I, I you know it's pretty surprising they're able to get him, especially considering how not passing oriented that offense was. Um, really high end athlete, twenty one point four miles per hour at two hundred ish pounds. Uh, he had one of the best production scores for me, the eleventh best in the class. So looking good there, checking the boxes. Really great after the catch. Go up and get the ball too. He really, my comps for him would be. He reminds me. Uh, this might be a little bold, but Jamar Chase. He Never he really heard. has flashes of that in his game. If not, maybe going a little lower on the side. Maybe like a little DJ Moore, kind of like that. Okay. But for just purely CFF purposes, I'm not sure how much I would be in him in on him. The, the offense just isn't going to lend him to getting that much volume. Well, uh, so say, say Brady Cook is, or say maybe Sam Horn gets it. Do you think 
that uh, that improves, or do you think because of the coaching system that kind of stays yeah, the same? I, I think it's the coaching is really the major issue. Like maybe he tops out, you know, by his junior year, getting a thousand yard season, but I wouldn't expect anything more than 500, 750 yards his freshman year. But the nice thing about him going to Missouri is that he was probably guaranteed to be on the field early. So you have that to look forward to. Yeah, For sure C2C, he was my wide receiver too. But CFF, it, he would definitely go down a little bit. Gotcha. Alfred, what did you see uh, with, with Burden on tape and what you've been able to check out? Yeah, I mean, obviously I agree that he is a, a special-looking player. But two, just before we get too far off, um, but what Matt said, like – for instance, last year, Dove led this team in receiving with a line of 38, 576, and zero touchdowns. <laughs> Kiki Chisholm was 41 for 511 and three touchdowns. So even if, as Matt said, he goes for 700 yards, he could very well lead Missouri with 700 yards, be a freshman breakout, all those things that you want to see, and still be basically worthless for CFF. So um, he can have an excellent freshman season, dominate the wide receiver room. But when you're talking about a CFF starter, I mean, you got to have at least like 1,200 receiving yards or just don't even think about it. So um, just because you can pick a guy out of the Mountain West or the Mac who's going to put up ridiculous numbers and for fantasy, that's that's what you need. Um it's a pro prospect. Obviously, you'd love to see five stars. He's got the weight, size, incoming. He's going to be NFL size. Everything points in the right direction. Um, you know, he, he has bona fide long speed. He's got um, the one thing that was a little bit less of a grade for me was kind of route diversity, but that's not unusual. I mean, these guys don't always get asked to run the 10 yard out the you know the double move things like that the curl but in college they're going to have to be more diverse in high school you can just out athleticize guys for for goes and screens and that's a lot of what i saw luther burden do um so i just don't see it it's not like he can't i just i haven't seen it yet but um so that would be the only thing i'd be like i want to see that uh if he's going to be this high volume 10 plus you know targets a game type guy um as far as the depth chart, though, I mean, he should lead the team in targets and receptions like next year. I mean, these guys are all basically not good. <laughs> I mean, yeah. all respect to them. They're much better than I am at wide receiver. Because <laughs> I'm not even going to play in the uh, in the flag football game at the, at the expo. So, right. you know, they're all much better than I am. But, like, these guys aren't very impressive uh, specimens. Mookie Cooper came over from Ohio State, and he, like, did almost nothing – so, um, you know, the writing on the wall for him was Ohio State. He came to Missouri. Everyone thought – I thought he'd be, like, jump right in there, and, and he was an afterthought. So, uh, Burden should be a high-volume primary target immediately. Uh, but like Matt said, I agree from the college fantasy production, I wouldn't be too excited. I will say that if you are in a higher, like a PPR, like it's like a full point PPR. I mean, the receptions there might carry a little bit more in, in weight and gold, I would say, but yeah, for sure. Um, but, you know, depending on, you know, how the, how the, I don't know, I don't know if a prospect can change a coach, basically. That's, I know that's uh, in college, it's hard to really, really do. But uh, if anyone has the clout to possibly change someone's mind and, and open it up, maybe. So we can only hope for the best, basically. Uh, so between these three, before we move into our next segment, who would you guys say if these three were on the clock? Uh, you know, my, of course, probably Singleton's probably 101. Who would you be taking 102? Who would you take at 103 after the after we would talk about? Let's go with you, Matt. Yeah, I'd go Singleton one, Klubnik two, Burden three. All right, Alfred, you. Yeah, that's exactly what I would do. I mean, if these were the if this was the pool, I would do that in that order. By the way, just to keep I mean, I don't know if I'm, uh, you know, just kind of overplaying this, but even in 2020, since Drinkwitz took over for Missouri, uh, the offense has looked similar. And he came from, I believe, App State, which is not known for their passing offense. You know, they're definitely like a defense run the ball, ball control offense, not high flying. And um, 
So last year I read you their top receivers. And then in 2020, it was Chisholm, 35, 458, one touchdown. Jalen Knox, 31, 305, zero touchdowns. Damon Hazleton, 33, 97, one touchdown. I mean, like this is just, it's, it's kind of like a service academy, you know, from yeah. the passing perspective. Like this is, these are ridiculous lines. And so I'm not sure Drinkwitz is a guy who's going to change, like you said, his, stripes no pun intended for um even for burden uh because he did the same offense at App state he's doing it now at missouri and i think he's a very system guy i don't think he's like a let me get the ball my best playmaker guy yeah well only time will tell so we are going to uh move on to a our second segment which i like to call big fish small pond and that's usually a higher end recruit or someone that just out out kicks uh you know whatever you know ranking or anything like that but they decided to go to a g5 school or you know in the fbs and things like that along with it so someone who i'm actually high on and i would probably say would probably should be in your top 10 as far as your cff and the freshman rankings and that is mr matthew golden uh, who has committed to houston who a 24 7 sports grade of uh, 0.9181 he is a four star uh, he's the 28th overall wide receiver in the 22 class um, as far as his varsity totals, uh, 33 games played, 167 catches, over 3,000 yards receiving, average receiving yards, about 19.4, uh, 32 receiving touchdowns, and he did have a total of 37 total touchdowns, so he did have some, uh, you know, uh, kick return and uh, reception return back as well. Um, so it's apparent that, you know, there's the great name of Nathaniel Dell, which you'll hear a lot of in CFF this year. He is the incumbent wide receiver one. But he is likely to go pro after this year because he's doing great tangibles. Big fan of Clayton Toon, the quarterback. He's come a long way in the past couple of years as well. Um, and then, of course, they got, uh, you know, Alton McCaskill, who's a standout running back as well, also going pretty high in the FF direction. But they're needing a wide receiver, too, and it's missing out. So who they have left? Jeremy Singleton. He's a senior, right? Last year he had 20 receptions, 485 yards, five touchdowns. Oh, okay, but Matthew Golden has ranked higher. He's looked great on film to go along with it. I'll have Matt uh, kind of start start the process. What did you see in Matthew Golden? Uh, how did he do as far as speed? And what do, what do you think his chances are here in, at Houston? Yeah, I think Golden is just a super well-rounded receiver. There aren't really many huge weak points to his game. Um, he, he hits over 21 miles per hour, 21.5. Great. That's all you need. Um I don't see how he doesn't get a decent amount of touches his first year, especially in that, you know, a more higher powered offense under Holgerson. And um, yeah, I, I don't, I don't think, you know, Dell's obviously going to get in the way of freshman year, but Dell's more of that gadget Marquez Stevenson type guy. And I think he's already on his fifth year in college because he was a Juco guy. Right. So I think he'll be out of there after this year and not much other competition out of that. Joseph Manjack is uh, transferring in from USC. He's another guy that we like uh, another really athletic guy, but he's not a very refined receiver. He played quarterback in high school. So I, I, I think it's a really safe pick and pretty high upside too, especially going into year two where he's going to be the guy for sure. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Oh, yeah. I mean, he, he's a great, great looking receiver. Uh, kind of surprised he wound up going G5 because I'm sure he had some P5 offers. But, you know, everyone's got their own decision making process. But uh, he should be. I agree with pretty much everything Matt said. I mean, I, I don't need to reiterate it. I think he will be on the field as a freshman, probably show up as a top two or three receiver for that team this year. Um and then, yeah, then in 2023, uh, wheels up. Uh, did you guys happen to notice, like, the way that he he can high point? His contested catches was was pretty fantastic from what I saw on film. He, he's a go-up-and-get-the-ball kind of guy. Uh, I'll give a shout-out to our uh, friend Mitch Hart, uh, the ace hole. Uh, he he kind of told me that he reminds him of uh, – uh, you guys remember Tyler Wallace uh, from Oklahoma State. That's kind of what he reminds him of as far as being able to kind of do those contested catches – go up and get it with the 50 pin high point. Um, and uh, I agree with him. He's saying that 
we, we should definitely be able to take him. He, he's probably one of those guys you could put on a bench as far as the CFF league, maybe even C2C. Um, and he might actually start becoming more of a flex play. I don't expect him to be immediately be wide receiver too, but I'm saying like in a few games, we'll talk, let's say maybe three or four, that he could really actually start standing out as uh, the potential wide receiver too. And God forbid anything happens to Nathaniel Dell, we're looking at a guy that can immediately go to wide receiver one, right? Um, so, and he's got the tangibles like Matt saying, he's all around just really great receiver. I think he probably should have been a little higher than, than, than the 0. 0.91. Um, but uh, I, this is where I, I love the I love the fit. The partnership is a little bit better. This is what maybe you know what should have done with Burden. Maybe he should have took the higher octane offense. But that's okay. maybe he thinks he can kind of change the school and the, and the thinking process. Whereas Golden fits in perfect with Houston's high octane uh, offense, and I, maybe that's why he did it because he wanted to stand out, knew that he had a decent path to get, get there, and can kind of produce in year one. It might not be you know mind blowing, but We've seen it all the time. We've seen what the Travion Rudolphs from NIU. We've seen, you know, all these kind of wide receivers just pop out of nowhere and they become a hit sensation in CFF. Not saying, you know, they, they might be full C2C, but Golden looks like he might have the chance to, to kind of go pro. And you guys are probably even more specialists there. Uh, what are your thoughts on a C2C perspective since we're kind of doing the collaboration this time around? Yeah, for me, uh, Oh, sorry. For me, he lands like right outside my top 10. I'm in the middle of reworking my rankings, but he's right around. I think he's got a decently good NFL ceiling. You know, he's already testing pretty athletic, has the requisite size, pretty refined for a prospect. So, yeah, I mean, I, I actually give a big uh, demerit on G5 guys just because when you're looking at it now, projecting the NFL, I mean, G5 guys just like don't really go in the first round. Um, so you're looking at like, even if he crushes at Houston, you're probably still looking at uh, second round, third round, which is still okay. But it's just, I don't know. I mean, and like he could, he could always transfer. He could have a great first year and, and go somewhere else if he wanted to or whatever. And to be fair, Houston is certainly a premium G5 program. Uh, it, it's definitely not, you mentioned NIU. It is not NIU. The, right. But it, but G five, I do lump them all together, and it's just like the NFL just does not look at those guys the same. And so, um, I mean, Khalil Shakir, he's been producing for what two or three years at Boise State, and he he's like maybe not going to be a day two pick. Um, I just think it you, it's such a bar to overcome from in in the NFL's eyes, and, and we have to think about how NFL people think about them, not just like what do I see. So that's a pretty big doc. I think on pure grade, he would be close to what Matt's saying. I do personally bake in like a, a negative multiplier for G5 just because I don't want my personal film grade to overshadow the fact that like the NFL will look at this guy different. And so um, he falls down for me a little bit, but like I do love the film. I think he's a great looking receiver and agree uh, from a overall. He's like he's like a an overall wide receiver one X he could probably get into the slot too. Like, I think he could just be a target hog stud receiver. I just, I wish he would have gone even, even Texas tech. Like that would at least been big 12 or something like that. Um, the NFL is just going to look at them different. Yeah. I, I could see, but that. I will say just to tack on like CFF only yep. I'd rather Matthew golden than burden. That's uh that's been the debate. Um, I know we're talking like the incumbent top three, but as far as rankings are shaping up, Golden is uh steadily climbing as far as one of my uh my top guys that I'd probably take in drafts to go along with it. I know Burden would be like one of those like you just hope that he just initially he's the only one there and he breaks out, or you hope he transfers, but. Golden could play all three years and still be fantastic and be such a standout. I also see him possibly doing the thing like it's all going to you know kind of see what happens. But he also uh, could be one of these Kanata Mumfields, uh, Mitchell Tinsley's, where if he moves up to a P5 and if those guys start breaking out, which I know you know the the clever debate Washington versus Tinsley, and of course you got Mumfield going behind Addison. But if those guys can kind of produce the P5 and accelerate what they did, you know, in G5, that could pave the way for someone like Golden, who, you know, maybe does two years at Houston, kills it, and then like, hey, you know, there's an opening at a P5 that's, that's you know, pass happy, and he can go kind of make something happen there for sure. So uh, definitely put Matthew Golden and put, you know, multiple stars by his name 
Uh, he's definitely would be probably one I consider probably one of my top wide receivers, regardless if he's 28th in the class, he's probably in my top two. I'd have to say he's very close to, uh, if not beating Burden, right on up there with him. It's gonna go along with as well. So um, let's let's go, let's talk about what's up what's upcoming. What uh, Matt, what do you got coming up, man? Uh, I'm just working on my rankings for. I'm doing a re-ranking for the 2022 wide receivers. I'm going to start putting out preliminary work for the 2023 guys. Uh, we're working on a lot of analytics over for the next class. So that's awesome. pretty much it. Cool. Alfred, what you got coming up next, man? Yeah, I mean, Matt shouldn't sell himself so short. He's doing <laughs> a lot of stuff, and, and we're doing a lot of, uh, like he said, we're, we're trying to dig into analytics of these recruits and, and be able to tell if certain characteristics or certain metrics, some of which we're just inventing basically on the fly, and say, do these correlate, translate with college fantasy production and, and then even eventual NFL draft status? Like, that's what we want to know. Um, we don't, I mean, and it's like, we're going beyond like, do they break out as a freshman? Cause you don't know that when you're picking these guys as recruits, we want to know just based on stuff, you know, when you're drafting them as, as incoming freshmen, are there things we can look at that say value this more value this less, whatever. Um, and, and I think Matt is a, is a great mind. He's doing a lot of that stuff. I'm kind of more like, I give him an idea and I'm like, Hey, we should look at this. And he like does it. So he's doing the harder work. I'm, I'm more of just like always thinking of like, Hey, should we look at this? Does this matter? Does this not matter? And most of the time what we find out is it doesn't matter. You know, we're throwing a bunch of stuff against the wall and want to know if something sticks, but you have to look at the things that don't stick to find a couple of things that seem to really matter. Um, but that's what we're doing right now. A lot of our focus is on these freshmen, you know, because, whether you're CFF or in your C2C world, this is the rookie draft in this format, right? You know, when you play dynasty, everyone focuses on the rookies. There's tons of content about rookies. It's the basis of your entire team is drafting the right rookies in a dynasty league because trading is very difficult. Waiver wires aren't present basically. Uh, But when you move down to C2C, now all of a sudden the freshmen become as important as that rookie draft. And we've, kind of felt like there's not a lot of content tons of rookie content but like there's not a lot of people doing a fantasy based review of these incoming freshmen so that's what we're really trying to focus on in addition to obviously we're doing rankings and our data tools at cf uh, c2c are always being updated and and things like that but uh what matt and i are trying to do a lot of times is what can we look at in these guys it's going to give us a clue as to how do we pick these guys better than just going by 24 7 rankings Exactly. So here we go. We got now two, and we'll talk about your guys' podcast in a second. But now we have two podcasts that have stemmed off of just people clamoring for freshman content. Like this is this is important, especially in the CFF world, especially in a dynasty format. We just need more like this, where there's just more discussion and things like that, in particular as far as these freshmen incoming to make just better decisions. Or you can look at rankings, or you can look at the discussion and make your own, form your own opinion. Like everyone has their own cup of tea, but people need to at least talk about it. Otherwise, people are just going to go in blind, look at a 24/7 sheet, and just go in order and stuff like that. And that's not what needs to happen. So many times people are like, yeah, uh, no one got this person on the list yet. I'll go ahead and grab this person next. Now you got guys that have been in the you know, the business or, you know, been in the round for a long, long time that have their own way of, you know, looking and prospecting and things like that in particular. But you just don't see it every day. Um, so that's where we have this kind of great content as well. So that leads me into, you know, that one uh, for Alfred or Matt. You can kind of do that. Tell us about the original and tell us uh, – you know, where we can find the first episode and uh, what's to come maybe in the, in the upcoming episodes there on the Campus to Canton channel. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, you're, you're probably better off, Alfred. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, we, we, we kicked off the official um, uh, the uh, podcast, which is basically what we're talking about. The kind of looking at recruiting and recruits, but really with an angle of, of analytics, not just like, oh, this guy looks really good on tape, but kind of the nuts and bolts of like, how do we arrive at certain decisions? Like when we talk about, when Matt's talking about, oh, he hit 21.5 miles per hour. Like, what does that really mean? It sounds great. And, but is 22 miles per hour better than 21 miles per hour and things like that. And at what point do you start getting worried? Is it 20? Is it 19? If he doesn't hit 18 miles per hour. 
So we want to put context behind some of these numbers we throw around and kind of the explanation of why this matters and also bring to light things that don't matter. You know, like we really dug into to high school yards per attempt for quarterbacks and like we can't seem to find a reason that it matters, even though it seems like it should. Um, and so we're going to even bring that to, to the forefront and say, hey, don't worry about this. It doesn't seem to correlate with how they're going to be in, in college. Um, but, yeah, it's kind of looking at recruiting in a different way. But like you said, we all at C2C, uh, a lot of what happens at C2C is, hey, nobody's talking about this. We want to know about it. We're talking about it in our Slack. Let's then make this some digestible content for um, people who are playing these formats and there's just not a lot of good stuff out there. Like what you're doing here with it. I mean, two, we put out two freshman pods right now because there's not anything out there hardly. And right. so it's like, we just, if you can't find it, do it yourself is kind of our attitude. Exactly. Uh, and that's the, the beautiful thing about being on the C2C's team. We think it for existence and then we just put it to put it to use. And uh, I love it because, you know, we have this awesome pairing of C2C and CFF and now it's becoming, uh, I mean, it, both of them help each other. That's the great mm -hmm. thing. That's why it's so upsetting. It's great to have guys like you, you both, where you have an analytic and film based type situation. You can put it into, you know, someone that's been playing for CFF for a few years have a great conversation and now people can kind of form their own opinion and then make a, maybe a wiser decision when it comes time for that freshman draft. And that's what it's all about. Uh, boys, I want to thank you for coming on. This has been pretty awesome. Uh, a, a new voyage and a new uh, podcast. And uh, I'm excited for many more of the episodes, both of uh, the official and of the freshman, uh, the future freshman podcast. Uh, Alfred, tell them where they can find you on Twitter. I know it's already on your handle there, but you can tell the world uh, audio wise. Yeah, yeah, at AlfredJF on Twitter. That's pretty much where I hang out most of the time, uh, also in our Discord. But um, my DMs are open. If you're listening to this and you want to know about more about the format or have specific questions, but you're just, you're just like, that sounds cool, um, I'm always happy to chat about it. So don't hesitate to reach out. The best thing is when new people get in and like, oh, I want to try this format for the first time. I mean, that's just, that's super exciting for me. So don't hesitate. Otherwise, just chat it up with me on the main timeline. There you go. Uh, Matt, where the, can they find you, man? Yeah, at Big Wire Receiver Guy on Twitter. Uh, it's abbreviated at B-I-G-W-R-G-U-I-Y. And uh, yeah, any freshman questions, hit us up. I love talking freshmen, especially wide receivers, so. Yes, Matt, Matt's the wide receiver guy. He's a big wide receiver guy, by the way. Um, <laughs> definitely check him out. Of course, I've been your host. I'm Brandon T. Sanders. You can find me at CFF University. Uh, any CFF questions, uh, I, you know, I'm kind of more of a dynasty guy than me. Uh, CFF Nate, uh, Nate Marquise, he's also a really great dynasty guy as well. Also up on his freshman, I'm excited to have Nate on here in probably in the next couple of weeks. And also uh, CFF Jared, who's also on the team. So make sure you check him out. He's a redraft specialist, but uh, he's, 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 he knows his stuff. He, he just doesn't like to let on more than he does. So I won't let uh, Jared flip under the table there. I know he's, he's up to some good stuff in Dynasty here as well. Uh, but I want to thank you all for listening in and for watching. And we hope you guys have a good day. And we'll see you next time.